Hello and welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who made the choice to swap rigidity and impossibly high standards for joy, ease, and flow. Now I'm on a mission to boldly build an impactful, insanely successful business and to help other women do the same. So if you're ready to up-level and step into the next version of yourself, then join me as we commit to imperfectly designing the business and life of our dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 100 of the All or Something Living podcast. I'm so excited to be celebrating with you today. I can't believe that we are already at episode 100, but oddly at the same time, I can believe it because I feel like I've been podcasting forever, literally years, Um, but it's just so crazy. What a milestone, right? If you've been listening from the beginning, if you've been here with me from the beginning, then maybe you're feeling the same way as I am. Maybe if you uh, are just coming in and this is your first episode or one of your first, welcome back or welcome for the first time. I'm so glad you're here. The nice thing about podcasts is that usually they only get better as you go, um, as the host or hostess gets better at knowing exactly how to talk about things or what to talk about. And we'll, I'll go more into that throughout this episode as I share with you some of the lessons that I've learned throughout podcasting, the biggest difference that it's made in my life and just how it's really impacted me. So before we get into that, just wanted to say hi and check in with you. I know that last week was quite a crazy week. I was totally off my rocker last week throughout the election. As we all know, um, what we thought was election night turned into election week, which really felt like election month. But I'm just so glad that we are finally moving through it. And if you've been paying attention, then maybe you know that it feels like the election isn't quite over because... um, Trump is threatening for legal battles, but so far they haven't really found anything. Hold on. I'm adjusting my mic to stand on. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Personally, from the research I've done, I'm not really seeing it going anywhere. So I'm not too concerned. And uh, there, there is some controversy over people like me who have platforms speaking about politics and inserting their opinions on politics. Um, And I have thought about that and I honestly feel like for me, it feels aligned to share my views when it comes to politics. And I try to be really realistic in the way that, first of all, I form opinions and beliefs around politics, but also the way that I share. Um, I The only reason I really got into politics so much the last four years, and especially this year for this election, is just because of the way that I saw um, like morals and values really make a big impact on how it shows up in not only the United States, but in the world. So yes, we all feel that, you know, politics is corrupt. And I've felt that way for a really long time. It's why I'm embarrassed to say, but I didn't really vote. I only prior to this election had voted once. Um, I was, I just felt like, oh, everybody is so corrupt and what's the point? And they're all bad choices. And then this time it just felt like there was one really obvious choice that was just so, 
harmful to our country, despite, you know, this person and, and his followers truly believing that he was good for the country. Um, I just really felt that I had a moral obligation to start speaking out because it became a a, a became a thing of like human rights and justice and things like that. And especially now when the um, results of the election coming into question from that person who calls himself our leader and really threatening our democracy and attempting to split America apart even further. So that's been really hard for me. I think that's been the hardest part is that it felt so good to celebrate when um, President-elect Biden was, you know, it was called, the race was called for him. It felt really good to celebrate. The world just seemed a little bit brighter. It felt like there was like a cloud that lifted that's been over us for four years. And that, you know... I thought that maybe the rest of the United States would at least somewhat be on board, especially the way that, you know, Biden speaks speaks to all the Americans and not just a certain side. And, you know, we're all I think what we're all just hoping for, well, at least I can't speak for all of us. What I'm hoping for is to see more unity, more love and more respect. And so that's the reason I voted the way that I did. Um, and now I'm just seeing even more of this divide of all these people that are so angry and genuinely hurt that, you know, their leader was not reelected, um, and really feeling robbed and, and like this election was rigged. Um, and I can't imagine how difficult that must be to not want to face the reality of this person that you idolize so much. And this is why I think it's also dangerous to idolize politicians. I definitely do not idolize Joe Biden. I definitely do not think he's the best person in the world or even maybe the best candidate to run our country, but he was the best choice that we had. I will still continue to hold him accountable and speak out if I don't agree with his actions or his policies or whatever it is. But as of right now, I'm giving him a chance. And it feels really good to hear somebody who speaks life back into America for somebody who has a genuine smile and Kamala Harris to have her along as well. Um, to have them both and just it just feels like they hopefully will be able to um, speak life back into us. So I was reading, I, I've been attempting to try and understand and like feel into all of this. And because as like, you know, an empath, I'm feeling both sides. I'm feeling the excitement of one side. And I'm not going to say Democrats, because I know that it wasn't just Democrats who voted for, for Biden. I know that it was, um, there were many Republicans who felt the same way that I did, who were previous, even Trump supporters who just said, I've had enough or independents who usually don't even vote or vote independent party who felt it was important. Um, and so I see the excitement on that side and the feeling of like justice, like the light wins, love wins. And then on the other hand, I'm seeing that dark side of those people that just feel like, oh, this was um, this was a total sham or whatever. It's not true. They don't want to accept it. And they're really angry and hurt. And I want to honor both sides of that. Uh, as hard as it may be. And last night I was reading this book, um, again, called The Highly Sensitive Person, I think is what it's called, because I've noticed that my nervous system has been on like super high alert throughout this 
whole year, but especially as it's gotten closer to the elections, I'm very sensitive to things. I will like pop off in a moment's notice. And I honestly can't even have a conversation about, um, I mean, it got to a point where I, I would hear Trump's name and literally just like, um, I don't know how to describe it, just clam up. But it got, it's gotten to a point where I can't even talk to my brother, like even the least bit about, um, any sort of activism or politics or especially Trump because he's a huge supporter. Like my nervous system will literally react. And when I recognize that now, because I've learned boundaries, I will excuse myself from the conversation. Um, and I've been doing that a lot as much as I want to be able to open my heart and my mind. I just think that sometimes giving certain people or certain ideas a platform can be dangerous. And I think sometimes we need to extinguish those. But me being who I am, I want to dig deeper and try and really understand, like, where is this coming from? At the root of this, what are these people truly desiring? And so I'm reading through this book last night, and it's talking about this. um, And because I just read it last night, I might not be amazing at describing it. But it was talking about the um, the contrast we've had since establishing our country or, or really in establishing any sort of nation, this contrast where the people that come in, there's one side, these are the warriors, these are the ones that set up camp, these are the ones that move forward and they fight and they, um, yeah, all that stuff, which is what I imagine one side of the equation that we're seeing now. And then there are the other side, which are the highly sensitive people. These are the healers. These are the teachers. These are the therapists. These are the ones that hold the moral standards of the communities. These are the ones that remind the warriors to slow down and to actually like, hey, pay attention, feel. We need to think of the good of the people. And it's almost like this yin-yang quality. And both are required to balance each other out, right? Because we can't just have one group of highly sensitive people because they may not be able to function and do what needs to be as well as to do what needs to be done in the way that the warriors can particularly do. And so I was just really thinking about that. And I'm like, damn, if we could all come together and realize that we are not enemies, we are actually designed to balance each other out. I wonder how differently we would view each other. And instead of feeling the need to have this war of one side over the other, how would we actually learn to complement each other? So that's what was on my mind after last night. And I don't know, it gave me some liberation to be able to see it that way. And maybe that's something we can chip away at as a community, as a nation, um, as long as the parties are willing to open up and, um, and see that possibility, which is probably the biggest obstacle. Anyway, moving on, Vibrancy on Demand is now open for selective enrollment. This is upon request only. So if you've been following along as I've talked about Vibrancy on Demand, um, and you're really curious to learn more, I will send you the enrollment page. Obviously, it's a no pressure process. If I send you the page, I'm not going to like be like, oh, did you sign up? Did you sign up? That's not my style. I genuinely want you to feel called. Anytime that I've ever signed up for an online course or a program, it's because I felt this inner calling for it, not because somebody pushed me into it. So really just read what it's all about on the sales page, connect with it, feel what feel it in your body, decide if it's relevant to you right now. 
Again, if that's something you're interested in. And just as a reminder, Vibrancy on Demand is a course. It's a digital course that you, it's self-paced, so you can go at your own pace. You can go back to it time and time again. You'll have lifetime access to it. It's just four simple modules and then a bunch of bonus content, which is pretty awesome. And it's really just a process that is designed to help you set up your life in whatever way sounds most dreamy or ideal to you. So it's literally the process that I took to get me from years ago working in a soul-sucking corporate job, feeling unhappy and drained and having these relationships that brought me down and dealing with like gossip and all that stuff. It's, it's what brought me from there to where I am now, to where I am working my in my full-time business, um, or I'm working in my business full-time, passionate about what I do. I have a lot more confidence than I ever did. Um, I've learned to set boundaries. I know exactly what to do to make myself good, feel good. Not always 100%. Like This isn't like you do all this stuff and your life is unrealistically perfect and you just ignore everything else. Absolutely not, but it definitely helps you get through the more difficult times. And it makes you more mindful and aware of not only how you're feeling, but when you are kind of having a down moment, knowing the tools to get yourself back up instead of falling into a deep depression or... um moment of anxiety. That's something I used to struggle with a lot too. And it's a lot easier now to get myself out of a funk because I know the exact tools and things like that. So some things we'll be working through in Vibrancy on Demand or working with is definitely your mindset, learning how to reframe your thoughts and feelings to serve you rather than hold you back. Um, I'll be giving you tangible tools that you can use and should use on a daily basis to help yourself feel inspired and uplifted and vibrant. Um, And then I also give you some really great productivity hacks and tips and how I teach you how to set up your daily routine so that you feel like you're running the day versus the day running you. So if you're interested in that, if you are on my email list and the way that you get on that email list is by going to laurenkepler.com and on the homepage, signing up for that free roadmap and audio training, and then you'll be automatically put onto my VIP list. And if you're on that list, you just hit reply to any email that I send you, and that will automatically get you in contact with me. Or if you're someone who's active on Instagram, like myself, that's the best way to get in touch with me. You find me at Lauren M. Kepler and just send me a DM and tell me that you're interested in learning more. Another announcement I wanted to make is that we are finally going to have some interviews upcoming on the podcast. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I actually have some in the works now. Um, one being about your, your cycle as a woman, um, your menstrual cycle, how to be most productive, how to make your cycle work for you instead of just feeling like it ruins your life. Like I hear a lot of women say, I have personally implemented a lot of what this person is going to come on and teach about. And it's, it really is game changing. So I'm excited to have you hear about that. The other really cool topic we're going to have is talking about infidelity. So you're going to learn from someone whose husband cheated on her. She found out at the beginning of the year 
And as they went into quarantine, they split up. Or as we all went into quarantine, they split up. And um, and what was her experience with that? Like, what is it like now? Is she with her? Is she back with her husband? Did they end up divorcing? Um, so you're going to learn more about her journey in a few weeks or a month or so. I don't know exactly when I'm going to air the episode, but just know that it's it's um, the interview is scheduled. I also wanted to tell you that tomorrow is Veterans Day. And so Jason and I love to celebrate Veterans Day every year. I actually am the veteran in the relationship. He's still active duty. But whenever we go out to eat on Veterans Day for like our free meals, they always try and give me a bill. And I'm like, I'm the actual veteran here. So tomorrow we're going to actually stay at the Bellagio on the Strip because our goal has been to stay at the um, all the major hotels on the Strip before we move. And we only have a few months left, so we need to get going on that. So we're going to stay at the Bellagio tomorrow night, and I have made reservations at the, I think it's called the Top of the World Restaurant on top of the Stratosphere. That's also a place that we've been really wanting to go. So we're going to go there, and I'm just really excited for that. Um, if you are a veteran, or if you are active duty, or you are retired, or someone in your family is, I just want to say thank you for your service, or thank them for their service. It really is such a blessing to have so many people that are willing to step forward and support our country in the way that the military does. So I understand all the sacrifices that are made for someone when you are in the military, and I know it's not easy. So um, just know overall I'm here for you. If that's if you're in that situation, you can always reach out to me um, and just talk to me about what's going on with you. Another one last announcement is that I'm going to be opening up a few spots for one-on-one clients in March of next year, which is something I haven't done in quite a while, but I just feel like as I get established in Japan, um, it's one way that I really want to establish some continuity and, um, yeah, I'm just feeling really called to have just a few very select close clients When I work with clients one-on-one, you are literally spoiled from me. And when I finally interview the client that I just got done working with, she can tell you all about it. But I am literally like so dedicated. I, um, I keep notes of every session and obviously send you those notes. And just really, I give you unlimited Voxer coaching between sessions and just come into every session knowing that I want to serve you and be there for you. I just, I love one-on-one clients because I am like, when, when we have that hour together, I am so tuned into you and whatever your needs are. And just, I feel so inspired and uplifted. So if that's something that you're interested in hearing more about as well, and you want to get on the wait list for that, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. Or as I said before, just reply to one of my emails to you. Alrighty, so along with this episode, I have this awesome freebie for you and it's a guide on how to start your own podcast. I actually made this guide for some of the girls I was in a mastermind with, I think it was like a year or so ago, and I put it together because I wanted to offer a guide that is really like simple and it's just like the... 
bare minimum that you need to start a podcast. I know that so many people do have guides and courses out there, but it can seem overwhelming because there are a lot of things that you could do with your podcast. But I think what's most important is that you get your podcast going first, and then you can start to implement all the other things. I mean, I'm almost at 100 episodes, and I still haven't incorporated interviews. So that's, you know, one thing um, that I took my time on. And so this guide was the exact steps that I took to start my podcast, and and it's just laid out really simply for you. I give links and all that good stuff. So go into the show notes if you want a copy of that. And again, you can also DM me on Instagram as always. I am here to serve you. So let me know if you want the guide and we will make that happen. Alrighty, so... Let's take a few minutes to just chat about my experience with podcasting and what my journey has been like. So maybe you've heard me talk about this before. I've shared it a few times, but the reason that I wanted to start a podcast, like what was my strong why for starting a podcast? And it wasn't just because uh, everyone was starting a podcast. It was the thing to do. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, aspiring, maybe you're kind of getting into this, just remember that it's so important for you to be very selective about the platforms that you are most active in, especially starting out and especially, excuse me, if you're still working a corporate job or you still have a a lot of responsibilities on the side. You're going to feel burnt out if you're trying to do all the things. So while... I did try and start a YouTube channel. It just didn't feel right. Um, I know Periscope was big when I started. Um, Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, all that stuff. And over the years, I've learned that for me, my best platform is honestly podcasting and Instagram stories. So that's what I put the most energy and focus into. And so the reason that I wanted to start a podcast was because when I went on like my first spiritual journey, when I really started to discover myself around the age of 25, it was through podcasting that I learned all this new stuff and these new concepts and was just introduced to an entirely new world and way of thinking. So I attribute a lot of my growth to podcasts that I listen to. And so I felt that it was almost a full circle moment that, okay, I have learned so much from these this free content, now I want to give back and start my own. And I just felt like, um, I don't know, I, I am a writer, but for me, sometimes speaking comes um, more easily because I think I like to talk a lot and I like to write a lot. And sometimes writing just takes so long to get through everything that I want to say and I get overwhelmed. But when I speak, I can just pop on here. And literally the best days that I'm podcasting are the ones where I don't feel like I'm digging or forcing information out. I'm just literally speaking from the heart, which is, I mean, what I've gotten used to doing with time and it's what I'm doing in this episode. I have a little outline, but most of this is me just speaking to you. Um, so the reason that I, I would say that first of all, I wanted to start a podcast. This cord is driving me crazy. I wanted to start, I'm just going to put that to the side. I wanted to start a podcast probably for a, at least a year before I actually went for it. 
And so you might be wondering, okay, what's the thing that held you back? Or maybe you already know because you're in the same boat. I've had quite a few women reach out to me and say like, hey, I like ask for some advice on my podcast or, and you know, me starting my podcast and stuff. And they're like, Oh, I really want to start one, but this and this and this. And so I just offer them my podcast hosting guide. And I just understand that when the right moment comes, well, okay, that's irresponsible for me to say that when the right moment comes, you'll know it. Um, because I don't know, I guess if you're not really in tune with your intuition, then you're going to miss that. And I mean, is there ever really a right moment? So what is the best way to say it? There was just a moment I was listening to another podcast, of course, and she was talking about this, um, this, like, I forget what it's called, but it was this concept where you like know that you need to or want to do something, but you block yourself. Like you make it more complicated than it needs to be out of whatever reason. Um, but then you end up not doing that thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, in that moment, I realized I am making starting a podcast harder than it has to be. And that's why I haven't done it yet. And so within two weeks of making that realization, my podcast was on the air. So if you really want to do something, if your soul is feeling called to do something, it's not up to you to wait for that opportunity to come to you. The next step, once you feel clear on that, is to figure out, okay, what is the next step? And then take the next step after that and the next step and the next step. If you kind of try and look at the whole staircase at once, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to shut down. But when you take it stair at a time, one stair at a time, what you start to realize is, oh, this isn't as hard or arduous as I thought it was going to be when I looked at the entire staircase. So that being said, I held back for a long time because I had also heard from other creators and podcasters of, um, oh, this takes so much time. This is like a full-time job. Like Jenna Kutcher had hired her sister to run her podcast full-time, like was paying her a full-time salary just to run her podcast. Um, and so of course you can do it that way if you have the time, the energy and the resources. And at the same time, there's also another way that you can go about it, right? As creators, we have to find our own groove and we have to find what works for us instead of looking around and waiting for someone to tell us. So yeah, I finally just went for it. And again, that's, I took the steps that I share in the podcasting guide that I'm offering to you. And it's not like it's nothing, like it doesn't take any work. So I don't want to set you up for that expectation. And then you're like, oh, this is too hard. It definitely took some digging. It took some work on my on my part, but I promise it was just work that you do ahead of time. And now to run the podcast, it's super easy. All I do is I throw together an outline every week. I sit down and I hit record and I just speak. I then write my show notes and then just upload it to Podbean and then Podbean disseminates it to all the other platforms that it goes live on. So that's not too much work, probably total, maybe three hours the most per week to maintain this show. Not too bad, right? 
Um, And again, this is something that I maintained even when I was working full time, even when I was in school full time and studying like 50 or something hours a week, I was still able to maintain the show. So it's doable no matter what your lifestyle looks like, if it feels aligned and it feels right for you. If you're trying to force it, it's probably not going to work for you. So my first episodes were honestly, I don't know, like to me, it felt easy from the beginning because I felt like it was something I had been waiting on for so long. Um, I don't even remember being nervous. If I go back and listen to the first episode, I might notice the difference. I'm almost kind of scared to do that. But I just felt, again, because I was doing it from such an aligned place, it just felt right. My first few episodes, I remember just getting really vulnerable, like just sharing what was going on in my life. I remember... There was one episode toward the beginning where I had a panic attack, a full-on panic attack at Starbucks, and I talked about what my experience with that was like, Um, and I talked about what being a stepmom was like and just really what was going on in my life and what I was learning from it. And then for a while, I strayed because I was trying to be strategic in my business and give more... um, I guess, educational information, but I didn't really feel aligned to that. So maybe you've noticed I've started to become more personal again. Let me know, like, if you have any feedback on that, maybe you've noticed, maybe you noticed what I'm talking about. Just let me know what your thoughts are. Like, do you actually prefer when I speak from the heart or are you here for educational stuff only and you don't like when I talk about like personal stuff or what is, what are you wanting from this podcast? If you are someone, and I really want to know this from like avid listeners, not just someone who's popped in the first time, but if you've been listening for a while and you've seen the differences in some of my episodes and you have thoughts about that, like, I'd love to hear from you. So, um, let's see. Thinking about what it has impacted the most when it comes to my life, you wouldn't think something like having a podcast would really, I guess, change your life. Maybe you'd think it's just something you do, but really it's been one of the biggest, um, it's been one of the biggest parts of my life for the last few years. It's been one of the biggest catalysts for positive change in my life. So the first thing it's really helped for me is to develop more confidence and willingness to be vulnerable. The more I speak, the more I sort out my thoughts, the more vulnerable I am, the more I feel the courage. Well, it takes courage to be able to do that. So the more opportunities I have to build the courage to speak out, to really know and understand who I am and what I believe in. And to recognize that it's not my job to keep you comfortable in everything that I'm saying and to keep it all PC. Um, Because I think it really is good when we recognize maybe triggers or things that we disagree with that someone is saying. It's okay to feel that discomfort because it forces you to explore where is this coming from. Like, I'm, I'm okay with you disagreeing with me or feeling angry about something I said, because at least I'm getting you to think and feel something. But that's something that hasn't always come easy to me, I'm and still doesn't, honestly. I'm such a people pleaser. I am, I will tend to walk on eggshells so to not, so as to not upset anyone. And I hope you realize how 
much of um, a big deal it is that I even talk politics on my platform or talk about racism and things like that because the old me would have been so afraid of the pushback that might come with that. The current me still is, but I will still do it anyway because it feels important to me. And what I really am hoping for as I am releasing these parts of me is that I repel the people that are not meant to be in my space um, and then I attract the people that I'm meant to connect with. So for those of you who hear my messaging and yeah, maybe it's not 100% that you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally in tune with you, Lauren, but you hear me and you're willing to be respectful and to explore your own thoughts and feelings about what I'm saying, you and I are able to form a deeper connection. Even if like you just listen to my podcast and I have no idea that you do, maybe you still feel more connected to me in that way because you recognize that what maybe you're not alone in something that you're going through or thoughts that you have or beliefs that you have. You recognize that you're not alone and just knowing that is something that connects us closer. Um, and again, I'm not really interested in having somebody listen that is only interested in criticizing others and trying to prove their point and operating from a place of ego. That to me is not a way to form an honest connection. So yeah, the more that I've done this and the more that I've like had conversations off the podcast with some of my listeners, the more I'm realizing that like in the age where sometimes we can feel so lonely and social media leaves us feeling more disconnected, I think this is just such a beautiful way, even not just my podcast, but podcasts in general are such a beautiful way for us to connect on a deeper level. And I hope you can feel that every week that you listen, just the love that I am radiating to you and that even when I speak about controversial topics, it's from a place of love and heart and not from a place of separation or judgment. Um, The other thing that's been helpful, and by the way, Orca is doing her usual entrance into the episode. She has to insert herself into at least at least once to every episode. So she's in the background eating. Um, the other thing that it's really helped is to find clarity when I speak. It's helped me become a much better speaker. I, I think I got it from my dad. He's very like, his thoughts are very hard to follow. We, I would say are very complex thinkers. And so for a long time, I think what's also helped is me becoming a teacher as in like a coach and teaching my, um, teaching my online courses, you really have to learn to break things down and speak to people in a way that's relatable and uh, easy to follow. And that was not my strength for the longest time. And I think it starts to improve more and more as I go through this podcast. So that's been really cool. And also along with that, very similarly, I've gotten a lot better at public speaking We just had our wedding a few weeks ago, and when it was time to give my vows, I was honestly so nervous because I'm like, I have no idea. It's been a while since I've spoke like this in public, and I don't know if I'm going to freeze up, but I didn't want to use notes or anything. So when it came down to it, um, I was able to recite my vows very smoothly, and, and yeah, it worked out really well. 
And I attribute that to me having a podcast. And the last thing is like, and it's kind of silly to say, but I just feel like so much more of a boss. Like I feel so much more, I mean, it's hard enough to have an online business that people don't really understand it. And, um, you kind of don't feel legitimate half the time because people are just like, Oh, like, I don't know what that is or anyone can do it, whatever. But when I talk about having a podcast, I just feel so much more official. And even like my family members, I think most of them still are like, what is a podcast or whatever you and your podcast. But sometimes in front of some family members, I've had like a cousin or something say, oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. It's so good. This episode, I felt like yada yada. And like to see the look on my family's face, like, oh, she is like actually more official than I realized. And that's just kind of an ego thing, but still it feels really cool and makes me feel, um, more connected to my business, I'd say. So it's just inspired me. Just having a podcast has inspired me to continue learning and stretching myself and growing so that I can share my revelations with you, my listeners, Uh, Instead of just being in this stagnant, stagnant place, I've noticed that when my life has gotten stagnant, that's when I struggle the most to have content to talk about on here. So I'll be like, oh, I have to get back into reading books or whatever, uh, or listening to audiobooks or, you know, all that good stuff. So that's been really cool too. And if you're wondering, if you're thinking of starting a podcast and you're also thinking, well, what if I run out of things to talk about? Come on, I'm at episode 100 of solo, 100 solo episodes, and I haven't run out of something to talk about. So as long as you're just, you know, willing to continue growing and learning new things or sharing about what's going on in your life, the chances are that you will not run out of things to say. And podcasting is like the one thing that I always look forward to doing. And that's really rare for me because even, you know, if you love your job or your business or whatever, there's still usually some things that you're just kind of like, meh, not my favorite, but I'll do it. Recording a podcast rarely, if ever, feels like work to me. It's just so enjoyable. The part that I don't enjoy that I probably want to outsource soon is the the uploading the show notes and scheduling it, which is really easy. It's just kind of boring, mundane to me. It's like admin work. Um, and before I let you go, just I want to share like two lessons that I've learned along the way through my podcasting journey. And the first one is that it's important when you're a podcaster to find what your flow is when it comes to podcasting. So do you prefer to script? I know that Jenna Kutcher scripts hers for the most part. And I did try that for a while, but it felt really, it it felt to me forced. Like I felt like you could tell I was totally reading a script and I wasn't as connected to my message when I was scripting because, um, yeah, I, I wasn't like, like I'm doing now, like you actually have to pause and reflect on what you're saying. Almost like when you are having a conversation with someone, it's a little bit harder, but it's nice because you can choose your words as you go. And obviously we know, you know, our feelings change often and, and our words change often. So being able to connect with yourself in that way is nice. It's good practice as well. 
Or, okay, so if you, you can script, you can outline, which is again what I do. I just write down quick points and I know what I'm gonna talk about and I just see the point and I just speak. And then, or you can just speak from your heart. You can just hit record. I think I've done that on like one episode, a few episodes back where I literally just was like, okay, we're gonna chat. <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed that episode, but I just don't know if I could keep that up every time. I have to be in a certain mood for that. Um, or do you want to do like interview style only? Or, you know, there are some podcasts that are storytelling podcasts, uh, where and you break it up by seasons, and you tell a story and you break up the story by episodes. So just figure out what your flow is going to be. That would be my advice for you. And then the other thing that I learned and the advice that I would give or the last piece of advice I would give is to just remember that your podcast is yours individually. So do what feels most authentic to you. And something that I did that I kind of brushed on earlier that felt out of alignment for me was doing only educational episodes such as three ways to uplevel your mindset, etc. I personally would consider myself as more of a coach and an inspirational speaker than a how-to girl. So when I was doing that, it felt forced. And I think that energy came through to my listeners. Energy is very important and how you're coming across is going to translate to your listeners. So you can say whatever you're, you want, but if your heart or your mind isn't in it, then you're not going to connect. Like people are actually really smart and intuitive and they know when you're BSing them. Most people, um, <laughs> there are obviously exceptions, but that's just my overall experience is that, you know, genuine people that are seeking information and connection are going to be very attuned to your energy, which is why in Vibrancy on Demand, I also teach you to tune your energy into the frequency that you want to attract. Just a little sidebar there. Shameless plug. Anyway, that is all I have for you this podcast. I want to really just take a moment to thank you for supporting this podcast. You are a major reason of why I enjoy doing this so much. I honestly love hearing from you. I love getting those emails and DMs that say, I needed this. You are never bothering me when you pop into my DMs or you want to come chat with me. I have, I have created a life of freedom for this reason so that I have the space and the availability to really just honor you and, and see you. And I want more of that. I feel like not enough people reach out because they don't want to bother me. Um, but just know that you're not bothering me. I'm here for you. And it's honestly, it's the best feeling to know that I can make even the smallest difference in your life. So thank you for just hearing me and for allowing me to enter your home or your workplace or wherever it is that you listen. So before I let you go, I just want to remind you that there is a free podcasting guide available to you. Again, you can check that out in the show notes. You can go to my Instagram um, and DM me, or you can reply to any email I send if you're on my email list. So I can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then, just remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.